yesterday yesterday it was just as bad um i literally was on my computer working on something and every like five minutes the internet would just shut off on my laptop everybody else would be watching their netflix and being on their phone playing their games my computer was just turning it off it's like it's freezing here dude you don't think you're really saying woke up and it was like negative 14 today when i woke up i had to go start yeah. my car car started yeah, like 10 you, minutes you, you still was keep cold. it it was 67 it's good yeah, I was 67 here yesterday. So, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was just, just, it's just bad, but it's whatever. It's okay. Uh, with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump on in. There's nothing really fancy here. The uh, USFL is having their draft. They just had the first round last night. Second round is going on today. Uh, pretty interesting, fun little concept. Uh, so, uh, today we're going to be jumping back on in to our dynasty series of players to buy players to keep and players to trade away from every nfl team and this week we're going to continue with the afc south uh, my name is tyler Lauder. this is the cheap sheets fantasy podcast over here on second and short with our fantasy and dynasty expert jason teasley and this is going to be a this is going to be like a jerry springer type of episode we're going to get a little argument here we're going to go back and forth <laughs> we don't agree on a lot of things here uh, which is fine uh, but we're going to just go right in. So the first category uh, that we're going to talk about, the first team is the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to start with C, Colts. Uh, and we're going to talk about a player that we are going to keep. And that is, uh, go ahead and lead us off there. And this is uh, a pretty easy player that you should want to keep in all formats. <laughs> yeah, it's Jonathan Taylor. Arguably the, the RB1 in fantasy football mm-hmm. coming into next season. Um, you know, I think that it's, it's a solid cornerstone to build around and you can get, you can get, um, uh, a lot of years out of, you know, his production in Indianapolis. Yeah. I don't think the time to trade him is right now. And there's no way you can buy him right now. Uh, if you end up, the only time I say you could like trade him away is if you're doing a startup non superflex and like you have the number one pick trade down. Like just do that should be a natural thing, anyways. Um. Otherwise, though, if he's on your team, you're keeping him. You're rocking solid with him. 1,800 yards rushing. He had over 300 300 attempts, which is also first in the NFL. 18 touchdowns, first in the NFL. He averaged 5.5 yards per touch, uh, per rush, which was uh, eighth in the NFL. Just fantastic, especially for a team that isn't like a high, uh, powered passing offense that's going to constantly throw the ball. And the best thing about him is that he gets to go up against the Jags and the Texans four times a year. Uh, they get to play against some other cakewalk AFC teams that aren't really good against the run as well. So like he has a, every year you can rely on a good little schedule. And I think his window to sell him is next year, get one more season out of him mm-hmm. and then sell. Cause like he's only, he's, he just turned 23. He'll be 24 after that. Then he'll be working on that next contract cause he's second round draft pick. So he doesn't have that fifth year eligibility, that fifth year option. Who's going to be looking at another contract? That's when you sell. And that's what we talk about, that especially you talk about, is trading them right before they get that second contract. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just knowing when to move on from these guys, especially running backs. Uh, now we're going to talk about this is, we don't do this very often, but uh, the guy we're going to talk about here, I say you should buy him. And Jason says you should trade him. We're going to be talking about Carson Wentz. Now, a little thing on Carson Wentz. Uh, he had over a 3-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio this year, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 
Uh, he was ninth in QBR, and he had 3,500 yards, which was good for about 18th in the NFL. He's only 29, very young still for the quarter acquisition. So why don't you tell us why you're going to try and trade him away and what format you think you're going to be able to trade him away and like what you're just give everybody what you're thinking. All right. So this is my, my philosophy of trading away. Uh, there's been rumors. I mean, the rumors you take with a grain of salt, there's rumors that yep. he won't even be with the Colts next year. Uh, so that even there, there was a rumor that Andrew Luck's talking about coming out of retirement to come back to the Colts because they're not sold on, on Wentz either. So I've heard that I'm for the thinking right years. now, well, yeah, but I think, I think you know, just, it is what it is. They just love Andrew Luck. <laughs> yeah, but also, um, you I think right now is a good position to sell him because I don't think he's going to get any better. You're going to start seeing him dwindling stats and stuff, especially with, you know, them moving on. Uh, T.Y. Hilton doesn't have many years left with him. They need to get a younger receiving core. They just have uh, Pittman as the mm -hmm. only viable receiver in that offense. So I think that his production value is going to start declining. So I think this is what, one of those good spots to sell him to get some kind of value out of him. Maybe a mid-second um, is where I'm targeting in a, in a rookie draft, one QB. Uh, super flex, that might go up to an early second. Maybe I don't think you're going to sniff the first round. I don't think you're going to get any higher than two, two in a super flex. Uh, but I think his range in a, in a rookie draft is going to be the two, two to about the two, six range. And if I, on the other hand of this was receiving Carson Wentz for an early second round pick, I would buy him instantly because I think as your number two quarterback in a super flex league, that he is exactly what you need. You need a guy that is not going to turn the ball over a lot. Now, outside of his rookie year and his last year in Philly in 2020, when that offensive line was horrible, in 12 games, he got sacked like 55 times. In 12 games, that's more than Burrow got sacked in the regular season this year in 17 games, which I believe was like 51-52. I could be wrong on both those numbers. I'm within range. But it, here's the thing. I don't care if Carson Wentz gets replaced in Indy because so many teams need a quarterback. You're, you can't tell me that if Carson Wentz gets bought out or something, whatever, that he wouldn't be desired in a place like, um, I don't know, Denver, who strikes out on Aaron Rodgers. Well, they need to upgrade their quarterback. Carson Wentz upgrades their quarterback. I, I just don't see how like he won't be a starter next year. I don't see, especially with his contract, I don't see how his production and finishing, what did he even finish as this past year? He was quarterback 13 this year. Quarterback 13. And I don't think that you can sell him and get adequate value for him, which is why I would like to buy him because I think his value is pretty low based on rumors and speculation. And he's not a superstar. I think that you could buy him cheaper than you could buy Carson or uh, Kirk Cousins right now. That's like the value range I'm looking at. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And let's talk about another trade. Let's talk about a player that you are, you're just done with. This isn't necessarily about obtaining value. But this is more so you're just cutting ties. Let's move on to something new. Yeah, and it's Chenault. Uh, I was a big Chenault believer. I, I think he had the raw talents. I think he could have been uh, a, a solid production wide receiver, too, in any offense, uh, fantasy-wise. But the injury 
the injury history is starting to mount up. The the inconsistency is starting to show. I, I think that he has all the raw talent, but I just don't think he's there yet. Uh, you know, he could surprise me. He could turn it around and have a resurgence, you know, that we're seeing like Cordell Patterson. I mm. don't think that it's going to happen, but Chenault has the, has the tools. I just don't think he can transition the tools to his game. Now, he has only missed three games in his NFL career. Um, but I think that he is always kind of what, when you're saying like injured, what I think is that he's always dealing with kind of like nagging injuries. It seems like he has these like, I'm not yeah. saying this is his injury, but it's like, oh, he has, he sprains his ankle. Oh, he, 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 rolled, he rolled his ankle. Like, you know, he has turf toe. Like things like he's always getting these little type of injuries that he is trying to play through. And I don't think he's completely consistently healthy. Now, he has had back to back years of 600 yards. He had no touchdowns this year, which is a, a big component. Like, if you add in five touchdowns that he had his rookie year, we're looking at 30 points that he adds to him. And 30 points probably takes him from wide receiver 59 to like wide receiver like 45 or like 40, um, which is adequate. But I, I think that you can sell him on upside still. You can sell him on Marvin Jones is older. He's probably not going to be, you know, he's not going to be there for too long. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to play better. If Trevor Lawrence plays better, Chenault is going to look better. When ETN comes in, who we're going to talk about here in a second, uh, that'll help open the passing game a little bit more. Chenault could be a guy for you. And it makes sense for both parties because somebody can get that high upside guy that they're craving and wanting, and you kind of can get out of something that you just, it doesn't matter if he's successful anymore. You just want to get out of this, move forward, try again with another guy. I mean, I, I love Chenault coming out of college as well. As a big fan, I thought that he was better than where he was drafted. Uh, and and I, I was always preaching him in like the late first round. And I just, I, I think that he has the talent, but I, I agree with this trading here. Now, let's talk about a guy that I think that on the opposite end, a guy that I think you should buy. And I don't think he's getting enough credit. And that's running back 26, James Robinson, a guy that as soon as ETM was drafted, he was kicked to the curb in all dynasty formats. Everybody was just saying, get rid of him. They don't care. He's not worth anything. I think I got him in like a startup in like, like round like 12 or 13, like really low. And he ended up being the starting running back because ETN yeah. got hurt. Um, he ended up having eight touchdowns. He had like like just under 800 yards um, rushing. I think he had together, I think he was just under 1,000 all-purpose yards in 14 games. So if he played his extra three games, he probably gets another like 200 yards, probably looking at about a 1,200-yard season uh, with uh, you know eight touchdowns, which is a pretty good year for a guy that should be your RB2 or RB3. Here's my thing. James Robinson is so cheap that he's not going anywhere. It doesn't matter if ETN's there. We don't know how ETN's going to do in the NFL, let alone how he's going to recover and come back. What we do know is that he is coming back, which is going to hamper the value on James Robinson yet again, and I think that you'll be able to buy him way cheaper than you should be able to, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I fully agree with that. If anybody goes back to one of our early earlier shows uh preseason 2021 i i was hyping up during jobs and being traded to the falcons yep. uh, because everybody was on the etn hype train um i think he's a serviceable running back and i think that if jacksonville's smart they'll use the old um new york giants philosophy of the the thunder and lightning when they had uh jacobs and bradshaw um 
with Etienne and Robinson. Robinson's a bigger, bigger back, but he has elusive speed and he's got cuts. But he's he's a he's a bigger back. Etienne is more of a uh, outside running back on the edges and to get that breakaway speed. Granted, Etienne's coming off the injury. We don't know what he's going to come back to. We know what James Robinson can do. We know he's in that offense. He's getting more comfortable in that offense. I think that this is a good, good buy low value that if Jacksonville does go all in on ATM, Robinson does get moved. He's going to be, there's teams out there that's looking for a solid starter and he could at worst be a solid flex position on any dynasty team. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. And now let's go ahead and just keep it in the running back situation. Let's talk about ETN. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the, the elephant in the room. And that is the guy coming back. That is, was a mystery for getting drafted um, outside of maybe the connection to Trevor Lawrence and just trying to give him a guy that he likes, but he's coming back and he's, he's probably not going to net you what you dr- drafted him for, which was, uh, he's probably the one, four last year in most drafts. One, four, probably, one, four, one, five ish. One, one, three, one, four. He won't return the value in that just now, which a, you shouldn't trade him anyways. You should enjoy running backs in the rookie contract. Um, but if you tried buying him, he's, his value is probably still at what he was drafted at. So it's just an easy keep. And I totally get why you'd want to keep me just because that, that's the, it's just, that's the logical thing to do here. This might not be a very fun segment of this whole podcast right here, but there's not much else you can do with ETN, but sit and wait. You drafted him high for a reason. Appreciate that. And like, let's just watch that balloon. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be, he's one of those players that, you know, it's, you're going to try to get the value that you invested into. So there's no reason to try to trade him off because like you said, you're not going to get the value you invested in in your rookie draft. No way, especially with, it was an Achilles injury. I'm pretty sure those are hard to come back from. No, no, no. He tore his ACL. Was it, was it ACL? What running back was a thing that had the Achilles? Cam Akers tore his ACL. ETN ACL. 100 percent. oh it's a foot injury foot injury ended his season what was it it was to be exact he had a liz frank liz frank injury oh man that's i'm gonna sound so dumb uh in his left foot and he had to have surgery in it so so not as bad just foot surgery so not as bad as an acl so yeah but either way, it, that, that's not going to change my opinion yeah, on a, whether or not you should keep him or anything. Phones. Yeah. No. So let's go ahead and move on to a team that doesn't actually know who they are, what they are, who's on their team, who's their quarterback. Let's talk about the Houston Texans. Um, the Houston Texans are going through this transition of Deshaun Watson and uh, probably going to try and trade him. Uh, we're still waiting out these lawsuits. Not going to dive into that. Uh, but they're still moving pieces around and he's probably going to be gone, but for the foreseeable future, he is a Houston Texan. Um, and that is why he is on your trade category. Now, before you dive in on why you want to trade him uh, last year, I joined uh, and I took over an orphan that was very bad. Uh, and it provided, I got 
two free years out of it. So shout out to the commissioner for doing that because it was very bad. Draft picks just kind of gone. And I just flipped Deshaun Watson for, I think it was like the one eight last year. Straight up. This is last year in before I read nice. in the rookie draft. And I got Trey Lance and I drafted him. Um, but the guy I traded him to, he, he had two quarterbacks in place. So like, it wasn't really much of a risk for him to take on Deshaun Watson because the upside of that trade could be way better than the rookie he would draft. But that was it like lawsuit. Like that was like a lawsuit. Like, I don't even know, like four, like that was very fresh, um, <laughs> into this whole lawsuit thing. And yeah. So I'm letting you know, that's the value I got last off season for him. And he's been traded a bunch since then, but just go ahead and talk about why you're trading away Deshaun Watson. My thing is the the hype. The hype is going to get you the value that Watson could do. Um, he's somebody that you can trade because of all the rumors swirling around him. There's rumors he's going to Pittsburgh or Denver. Uh, there's still Miami rumors out there. There's still... I mean, it's all over the place. And all these teams would be an upgrade from Houston. So yeah. if he does get traded and he does play, you're going you're gonna to reap the benefits of, of the hype. Now, uh, because I think he's one of those risk-reward players. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, he's got a year out of the league. What has he done in that year? You know, taking a year off, can that, that shortens your, your, your time frame of productivity. Uh, has he been working out? There's a lot of questions that surround it. So yeah. you want to feed into the hype. Um, find somebody that has the has the ability to take the risk. Uh, find a rebuilding team that you know um, that can that can take the risk because they're rebuilding. Uh, this is a familiar thing in one of our leagues. I'm trying to rebuild, sort of, not really. I'm in that kind of that middle of the road between a road and yep. you know i was trying to buy watson i was trying to buy watson because i have two solid quarterbacks in play that i could take the risk yes. um the other owner not so much he, he needs he needs you know he could benefit from making the trade i could benefit from taking the risk and he but his asking price is way too much and we could not come to an agreement you're going to run into those owners that that's common because as much as you could, you're wanting to sell the hype, if you're trying to buy, somebody's going to try to sell the hype to you. So you've got to be aware and you've got to gauge that as much as you're trying to sell, if you're trying to buy, they're going to try to sell that hype to you as well. Yeah. No, and I, I agree. And I think uh, if you can, in Superflex leagues, uh, probably at first is where you're still going to be sitting at. If you can somehow pull like, um, like sell Deshaun Watson, like you're rebuilding and you can get like two, four plus a 2023 first. I would go for that route. If you can get like a 2023 second, a 2024 first, I'd still go with that or that. Maybe I'd want a little bit more. Um, if you can trade him for like Jimmy G and like a, a future first round pick, I would do something like that too. Um, but I, I just definitely think that you need to, you need to find out what you're going to do with him. And I think trading him makes sense and it's fine here. Uh, now let's talk about, a counterpart for him, a guy that we're going to keep. And I said to keep Davis Mills because if Deshaun Watson gets traded away, I don't think the Texans are going to draft uh, uh, a quarterback at number uh, number four, I believe, in the NFL draft um, or number three, and yeah. number four, right? They're four, three. I don't remember. I think they're three. Yeah, they're, I think not, they're... they're three. They're, they're not going to draft a quarterback that high. 
Davis Mills looked okay. He finishes the quarterback 29 last year and finishing as a quarterback 29. He didn't play all 17 games. So it's a little bit different on his, his finish. He probably could have finished somewhere like quarterback 25, probably a little bit higher, which is still really good. Um, and I don't think we can just discredit that. And if they're going to roll with him, maybe draft an offensive lineman. Uh, you know, he had 2,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He wasn't like last in any category. Like most time we see rookies, they're pretty low. Like his QBR was like 26. So like he was okay in 13 games. And if they can improve that offensive line, reduce the amount of sacks that he takes and get him another weapon. Um, I, you know, I, I think, I think Davis knows that opportunity to be a nice little starting quarterback for you. I don't think that you can trade him away and get good value, but I don't think that you should be buying him because the hype is kind of there that he might be the next starting quarterback. And I like Mills. I think Mills is a good pocket presence. Uh, the team around him uh, outside of one player is uh, a hot dumpster fire. So I think what really you got to uh, factor in is sell the, the sell the fact that the dumps, the dumpster fire around him, uh, where you can grab and stash him for the potential in two to three years. Um, that's where I'm looking at buying him is someone that can benefit me in a few years, not have an immediate impact on my team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now let's talk about a guy to buy. Now the Texans are a hard team to, to talk about who we should buy because there's not a lot of guys you can buy on like really good value and everything. Um, I really like Nico Collins. I, I think he has an opportunity to be like a nice little number two or three uh, receiver there. But what I, what I really like, and I really think that we could try and do is why don't we go out and buy Brandon cooks who finishes the wide receiver 20 this past year. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't under, I do not understand Brandon cooks. He doesn't make any sense to me. Um, this guy, if it should be 31 or 32, based on how long he's been in the league, uh, he'll, be, he'll be turning 29 in the season. So like in like week four, he'll be turning 29. That's crazy. And he just put together another 1,000-yard season, which means he has all but two seasons with 1,000 yards. And every season he's played over 14 games, he's hit 1,000 yards. Uh, he's done it with New Orleans twice, the Rams once, uh, the Patriots once, and then he did it with Houston back-to-back -back years. And he gets about six touchdowns and 90 catches. Like that's, that's legit. That's a legit wide receiver two that for some reason you can buy as if he's like a wide receiver three. People do not like Brandon Cooks. I don't get what it is, but I do. Yeah, he's, he's got talent. He's got great hands. Um, I think that people disparage him being part of the Houston, Texas and the, the talent around him. With Watson, he was he was very productive. Uh, this year, you know, with the carousel down there, he still put up solid numbers. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, a thousand yards and ninety receptions and six touchdowns—that's that's, that's high flex. Yeah, that's that's definite flex flex range. That's going to get you get you definite return in a flex. Uh, solid wide receiver two. He's going to be a plug-and-play guy, especially on some of these matchups where you can just kind of stream the matchup where to where to play him. But he is somebody that you could plug and play week in, week out. Yeah, he's going to have boom and bust games, but, you know, I compare him a lot to Tyler Lockett. He's going to have those huge games. 
then you're going to see some dud games sprinkled in. Yeah. But he's still, overall, he's still going to be a contributor of your team. So looking at his, his fantasy points production that he did in his 16 games, I got one, two, three, uh, let's see, four, five, six, seven. He had eight games this past year of over 17 points. So in that, and that's in 16 games. So half of his games, he produced as a top 15 wide receiver. In half his games, he produced like he wasn't. And you have to be able to, to understand that when you trade for him. And I think that's why his value is so low. I think Brandon Cook's exactly Tyler Lockett falls in the same range. I once saw Tyler Lockett get traded for a 2-1 straight up. I think Brandon Cook could be had for a pretty decent draft pick. And he won't, he won't break the bank to, like, if, if your receiving group is pretty bad, then go buy Brandon Cooks. He's very cheap, very affordable. He makes your receiving group work right away. Um, and he's a lot cheaper to buy than anybody else that finished in that 16 to 25 range with him as well. And now let's talk about our last team. Let's talk about the, the Tennessee Titans, the division, uh, the defending divisional champions. Uh, this is interesting because you want to sell AJ Brown. And I think that is just foolish, but go ahead and tell us, tell us why you're going to trade AJ Brown. And then I'll tell you why I disagree. Um, uh, I'm selling AJ Brown because um, I'm looking at this as he's one of two players you're going to get the value out of on the Titans. Uh, outside of Derrick Henry, AJ Brown is a little bit more enticing to teams, especially in a dynasty format, because they're looking. A lot of teams are looking for a wide receiver one, and they're willing to overpay. Uh, AJ Brown is one of the wide receivers I see that fall in that category where you could get somebody to significantly overpay to get their guy. I think I, I, it's nothing about his productivity or anything. It's the fact that if you have a glaring need, this is a, this is a player that you can go out and address a, a high-end running back to a rebuild with draft, with high draft picks, multiple high draft picks, a, you know, a package to get, fill a lot of holes that you may have on your team. That's why I'm going with selling him because this is, he falls into the category where I was with Darren Waller on one of my teams. He's the bright spot. He, he could be the, if he's the bright spot on a, on a barren team, you need to start selling off your assets to start trying to rebuild. That's where I'm looking at selling him for is to try to plug holes and improve, get more key positions. Now he finishes the wide receiver 32 in most formats, and that's with him missing four games this year. We could probably say that he missed five games because he got hurt in that game against Indy. Yeah. Uh, and so it's hard for me to say to sell him, uh, trade him away, because while I think you could get good value, I think that he is almost one of those like guys that you could just leave on your team and start him week in and week out and just trust that he's going to get that production. Um, but he did have some bad weeks and everything within there. Um, coming back from injury i get it i don't know i have this weird like obsession with aj brown that i think he's a really good <laughs> he's a really good wide receiver too on your team and i think that he should always be treated as that yeah. and i just like i like him in that spot like i i i react to him the same way i react to like dj Moore, and i just think they're the same type of guy for me like a chris godwin they're in the same tier of guys that i think can be reliable week in and week out and guys that you can really build your team around and so I don't want to get rid of a guy that I would like to build my team around. That's just how I'm looking at this. 
And I think they're, I think Derrick Henry is a better candidate to trade now to get peak value for a player. Um, but I mean, I get it. If your team is needing depth and needing to be rebuilt up, trading a, a, a golden star like AJ Brown makes sense in that capacity. Uh, now let's talk about guys we're going to keep. Um, if you do not trade Derrick Henry, then I guess he's a guy you should keep. Uh, but I don't think you should go out and buy him. So that's why he's a keep. Uh, you just enjoy this value where you can, maybe get another year out of it and then flip him. Um, I also think Ryan Tannehill is a guy you should be looking to keep because Ryan Tannehill is a guy that is kind of getting looked down on, just kind of how you were talking about Carson Wentz. Ryan Tannehill gets talked about the same way Kirk Cousins gets talked about and the same way Baker Mayfield gets talked about. Um, and I, I think that you won't get extreme value for him and I think he will cost a little too much to try and buy, especially in Superflex leagues. Then you'll want to pay. I could be wrong on that. I've never tried buying Tannehill. Uh, that may be something I'm going to try and do in one of our leagues that we're actually, I don't know, we're not in the league together. I have a Superflex league. I'm going to try and buy Tannehill from somebody because their team's pretty bad and they have Tannehill. Um, so I will keep you updated on how much that, um, what that cost me. Um, but I, I just think that these, both those guys are guys that you can't get maximum value for uh, necessarily. So you might, and, and you shouldn't be trying to buy them. So you might as well just kind of ride it out for another year and try and sell in season once they have big games, but otherwise just hold on to them right now. Yeah. I put Teddy Hill in the same category and he's looked at a lot like Derek Carr is. He, he doesn't get flashy numbers, but he gets solid numbers. And I think that's a, that's a good, uh, evaluation of Teddy Hill. Now, Derek a, Henry, um, I think he, Sorry, I was, I was going to say real quick. Ryan Tannehill was quarterback one this year. He finishes um, as a quarterback one. He was uh, number 12, which is just the type of thing I'm saying. Like, he has a really good season, but isn't getting valued like yeah. other guys. Yeah, and I think Derrick Henry, um, I think his shelf life is past. I mean, if you want him, you're, you're going to be overpaying for him. You're not going to, you're not going to have that, that value here. So he's, He's past that that life uh, that we talk about that, you know, where you can get the peak value for him. Uh, so that's why he wasn't uh, in my trade okay. trade because he's one of those players that, you know, he, he's if you want a big return, you're not going to get it. You're you're going to hear the, the age and everything. So the durability, he, he's he is a very pounding back. So people's going to try to sell you on the durability, especially yeah. with the injury this year. I think he's, he's more of the keep him and, and ride him to the wheels fall off. That's fair. That's fair. Now let's talk about our final guy of the day. And this is maybe a surprise to you. I don't know. I just kind of, it felt right. Uh, let's talk about a guy that I think you should buy off the Tennessee Titans. If you're going to buy anybody. And I think you should try and buy Julio Jones because two things, one value very down. Um, because of health is not as necessarily there. Um, and also he just turned 33. However, he's Julio Jones. And just as Antonio Brown was getting kind of dogged down and pushed away and provided some value at an older age because he's Antonio Brown, I think we're going to see the same thing with Julio Jones. I think being healthy now, being in this system, I think if AJ Brown's there as well, and he's healthy, they can work beside each other. And I think that'll like, that just like will work and play alongside really well. 
And I think Julio Jones at age 33 is going to have a potential thousand yard season. And I think that you could buy him really cheap right now because he's injured and he's 33. Like the same reasons that like he's not doing well is the same reasons why you can buy him really cheap. And I think I'm actually going to try and buy him cheap in a league in a league that we're in, even though I have extreme wide receiver depth and my team is just, it's a, it literally was built by the gods. Uh, I'm still going to try and add some depth. <laughs> and Julio's, you guys got the Julio's going to be down this year because of the transition from the style of offense Atlanta ran to the style of offense Tennessee runs. Tennessee has yeah. Derrick Henry. They're more run oriented offense, but also you got to look. He's lining up opposite AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to benefit. You you're going to pick your poison. Julio's in that he he's getting that quote unquote Larry Fitzgerald phrase where he's not going to be the top guy because he, he doesn't have to be. He's going to be a he's going to start having those those spots of brilliance where he can break one. He can get it get um, a jump ball and he's going to have a big play. But he's going to also be the guy that could sit underneath, have the short hands, move the chains, get you first downs, get you big chunk, get you eight, nine yards average, and keep your offense on the field. If you're looking for Julio in his first three years, a resurgence of him, taper your expectations. If you're looking for a solid flex that's going to be productive and consistent, that's where you need to target Julio. Yeah, and here's the thing. He averaged 14 yards a catch last year, so it's not like it's not like he just like completely disappeared. Like he still is a guy that's moving chains. His average, his average is 15.2 in his career. So it's not like it's too far down, but uh, that's where we're at with the AFC <laughs> yeah. South. And those are guys that we are looking to buy guys. We're going to keep and guys we're going to trade away in our dynasty leagues, regular quarter, well, single quarterback, PPR, super flex. These all opinions can kind of change slightly and differ here to there. I think more so on the values you can get in return for them. Uh, and that's about it. Now talking about, where you can hear more of us, things are starting to pick up a lot here. Um, I've been fine-tuned. I've been getting my mind clear. I've seen a doctor. I'm feeling great. So I'm feeling great, which means I'm going to put out more content. Jason's got some more opinions. He's going to start asking some off-season questions on our Twitter and everything. We're going to interact with you guys a little bit more. So make sure you guys follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, subscribe down below if you're listening right now on YouTube. Like this video as well. Help push us forward. If you're listening on uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever your audio you know, podcasts are from, leave us a review. Give us a like. Follow us along. Make sure if you want to see us on another platform where you can kind of see other stuff that we do or that Jason does, we are partners with the W2M Network. Uh, and on that network, you can see Jason on another podcast forum another video forum uh talking about movies and such right is that's what you do over there yeah um, right now we're in the middle of our black history retrospective we've got uh the 70s black horror uh black exploitation um triple feature we just finished up um the super bowl of you know american underdog um national champions and we are marshall uh by the time anybody sees this or listens to this, we'll drop our Spike Lee retrospective. Uh, we're recording the drop this week. 
so yeah, you could pop in over there, uh, do a lot of movie reviews, me and Mark Radlich. So yeah, uh, like, subscribe. You can even check us out there. You know, if you come come to us via there, you know, leave us a comment. Let us know that you found us on W2M. We're very interactive on our social media. So yeah. All right. And then also I'm part of Love War Challenges podcast talking about the challenge MTV, the reality TV based show uh, competition series. Check us out over there. Simple as that. That's where you can find me. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And hopefully you guys are enjoying your off season, but don't stop making trades. Don't stop trying to make your team better. We'll see you guys next week when we talk about our second to last division. 